0: Are you tired of overpaying for cable? Are you tired of overpaying for fights? FastPass TV has a solution for you. Get all access to your favorite channels, movies, shows, and sporting events for a lower price. For more information, visit the Facebook page for FastPass TV and send them a message or click the link in the description below. Here we go on a Friday. Welcome to the Critical Condition Sports Podcast. Wherever you may be and however you're listening, thanks for joining me today on this beautiful Friday here, folks. Thanks, everyone, for joining me. Today, I have uh, the very smart, the very genuine, the always exciting Max Van Auken joining me today. Max is one of the smartest people that uh, I've gotten to meet here in the sports world. I think he's got so much talent, so much potential. I think um, we view the game uh, the same. And I think it's always fun because not a lot of people view the game the way I do. So it's always exciting. But, real quick, before I get, get into that, folks, as you heard, shout out to Fast Pass TV for being the official sponsor for critical condition sports. Folks, UFC 271 is happening this weekend. The Super Bowl is happening this week. Folks, if you're tired of overpaying for sporting events, I know the Super Bowl is on local TV, but for like UFC events that Dana White has raised the prices on, Head over to Fastpass TV. Check out their Facebook page. Get a quote there. You get local channels. You get all the major sporting events all under one deal, all under one package. Check out with my boy Naum. Um, he will hook you up, folks. He'll take care of all your television needs, folks. Shout out to them. Again, huge week for sporting events. The fight game, as much as we love it, folks, it's getting more expensive. So check out those guys. And, you know, hit the link in the description below of this episode here. Also, please go ahead and follow Critical Condition Sports on Instagram at Critical Condition Sports and on Twitter at Condition Talk. If you want to see the video format of this interview and watch past interviews in video formats, head over to the YouTube channel. Head over in there, type Critical Condition Sports or just hit the link in the description below. Check it out, folks. And if you can, please subscribe, like videos, review, rate the show, review it as well. It all helps the growth of the show real quick before we get into this interview with Max. Uh, this was actually a pre-recorded interview. So I just want to give you all very two quick predictions here. So UFC 271 is coming live this Saturday. It's going to be from Houston, Texas, good old Texas. And Robert Whitaker is going to be challenging Israel Adesanya in the main event. Now this is a rematch folks. It is a rematch. Israel Adesanya climbed the ladder in the last fight. He became a world champion, defeated Robert Whitaker, And now, we're doing this rematch a few years later, and you know, it's exciting. Robert Whitaker is on a journey to get his belt back. Israel Desanya is out there to prove that there was no luck to it. I don't think anyone questioned that, but that he is the true 185-pound champion. Here's the thing, folks. I'm going to give you all my prediction. I have Robert Whitaker winning this fight, and I have Robert Whitaker winning this fight just because of the fact that I th- I find his run more impressive than Israel's. I know people are going to question me. People might hate me. Don't at me for this. But look, Israel fought Yo- Ro- Yoel Romero in one of the most boring fights that we saw. Period. I mean, I don't I don't really see the test there, you know, besides it just being a big name. He fought, uh, you know, he went out there. He fought Jan. I'm not going to blame him for that. Jan was just too big for him. And people say, people will change the narrative. All you have to do is just take him down. I mean, though, guys, come on, man. Look, look how that ended up for Marvin Vittori. He went out there. He fought, um, you know, Paulo Costa. Paulo Costa, who is, we've seen as a goofball now. He he doesn't want it. Paul, I think Paulo Costa is like the Ben Simmons, you know, of MMA right now. He doesn't want it. And he got crushed. Then he fought Marvin Vittori, which, you know, Marvin really should have been in that position to, to, to get a title shot. They wanted Whitaker. But they just put Marvin in. The first fight between Marvin and Izzy, I didn't understand why it would be even be a split decision. This time here, thing is was a little more competitive. But, I mean, Israel is just too much for Marvin. I think that this is the first world test since Israel's actually been champion that we're about to see. And with Robert Whitaker, I think he did the things right. He didn't jump into a rematch right away. He took his time. He, you know, went out there and got some solid wins. He beat here. He beat Gastelum, albeit Calvin Gastelum took the fight on short notice. But he still looked dominant. He, did, he won the way he needed to win. He went out there and he beat Darren Taylor when the fight didn't start his way. I think Robert Whitaker is one of those guys that can overcome adversity. I think his mindset was very different going into that first fight. And then now this second fight, I think it's very different. I think he's one of those guys. I think he's a true technician. I think he's a very brilliant fighter. I think that he went out there. He's going to go out there. And I think that he's looks at all the mistakes he's done. I think if there's one guy that I trust to adjust, it will be him. Or I just could be wrong here. And it could just be like Anderson Silva and Rich Franklin the second time. (laughs) Where he didn't finish him in the first, but he finishes in the second. I could be wrong here, folks. But I have the courage of my convictions here. I'm going to take Robert Whitaker to beat Israel Adesanya. I just believe in him. Um, I like the person. I like the fighter. And I think that as an underdog... You know, like Francis Ngannou was an underdog um, at the last UFC event. We predicted that fight. But as an underdog, is there another underdog that you'd rather take than Robert Whittaker? I like the odds. I'm taking these odds. Um, Everyone's on the Izzy train right now, and rightfully so. He's a fantastic fighter. I think he's great for the sport, and I think he's a great persona, and I think he is one of the best fighters in the world. He is. But I want to take Robert here to hear this fight, and hopefully we'll get an exciting trilogy at that. As far as the Super Bowl, folks, I'll make this nice and sweet for you before we get into an interview with Max Van Auken here. I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals to beat the Los Angeles Rams. People are saying Rams in a blowout. Here's the thing, folks. If it's a blowout, it will definitely be a Rams. If it's a close game, I like the Bengals. I think it'll be a close game. People are undervaluing the Bengals, right? And they have all season long. I don't blame everybody, right? Fourth-best roster in the division. Um, Joe Burrow coming off the ACL injury. People questioned the Jamar Chase pick, especially when he he was having the drops in the preseason, man. Oh my goodness, they need an offensive lineman. All that stuff, folks. Here's the thing. I would always bet Patriot games back in the day. Patriot games that they shouldn't have won. And I only bet that because of one person, and that was Tom Brady. Where Tom Brady would win, and it just didn't make sense. He didn't always have Randy Moss. And even those Randy Moss years, he didn't win. He didn't always have... The best supporting cast, but Tom always figured out a way to win. Now, he had the greatest coach of all time, and Zach Taylor probably shouldn't even be coaching a high school football team. I get that. But sometimes, very few do you ever stumble upon a player where he just wins, and it just really doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that the Cincinnati Bengals are in the Super Bowl right now. They beat the Raiders, right? First playoff win. Joe Burrow's making history on a weekly basis. So they got the first playoff win since like 19 since the 1990s. They went out there. They beat the Titans, right? I picked them to beat the Titans. I, I didn't think it was a surpriser, but to a lot of people, it was. Now, the Chiefs game, I was very surprised, folks. They were down 21 to 3, and they were able to come back. You know, in the Titans game, Burrow got sacked nine times, and it just didn't make sense for them to win, and he overcame that. And in the Chiefs game, down 21 to 3 with the Cincinnati Bengals roster, people, he found a way to come out there and win. I I can't believe it, folks. And again, things that aren't just making sense, he's doing it in very few times do we ever see a player that just finds a way to win when it just rarely makes sense. And I think that's what Joe Burrow is. And I'm not going to compare him to Tom Brady. I'm not going to go crazy like some of the media is, but there's some Tom Brady-ish nature in that man. And people want to talk about Mac Jones and Brady. I mean, Mac Jones and Brady shouldn't even be mentioned in the same sentence. I think... If you were going to get a little comp there and take certain qualities, I, I like the cool, calm, and collective nature. I mean, he is Joe Cool. And the Rams, you know, I think the Bengals have a better running game. Uh, statistically, they score more rushing touchdowns than the the Rams. So they got a better, better rushing attack. I think at least. I think that blow for blow as far as passing-wise, I think that the you know the bangles can keep up with the rams are only apart from like two spots i believe uh, the rams are ninth the bangles were 11th and from a defensive standpoint the defenses i mean the bangles are ranked 18th and the rams were ranked 15th so people look at this talent with aaron donald and Jalen ramsey and i understand it's intimidation but that's all it is right now there's games where you literally don't hear aaron donald's name and i know people want to bash the bangles and go back to that nine sack game but here's the thing folks i mean terrible days happen it's better to have a terrible day then than in the Super Bowl, it's going to be tough. I think, I think we're in for a very entertaining Super Bowl, and I really do like the Bengals to be able to overcome this. Joe Burrow's going to find a final way. Joe Burrow's been in bigger games than Matthew Stafford is in his entire career, and I'm not saying Joe Burrow's going to be the greatest of all time. I'm not saying that he is the next Tom Brady. I there's just real qualities that really sell me on the quarterback. Everyone knows the story. I saw him throw three passes, and I thought that he was it. That's it. I was sold on the guy. He's got a very cool, calm, collective nature, and the leadership. I think in a Super Bowl is what you need. I think when the brights, when the lights are at their brightest, he is at his best. And I'm going to take Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals to win this game, 28 to 24. That's my final prediction, folks. Let's get into that uh, interview with Max Van Ocken. My next guest is a returning guest. He has his own show called the Max Van Ocken Podcast. Please welcome back to the show, Max Van Ocken. How you doing, Max?
1: I'm doing fantastic. You know, one of my favorite uh, guest appearances was coming on your show. The knowledge, yeah, appreciate um, it. The, the the insight that you provide, the conversation and dialogue we're able to have. I, that's why I love doing this type of stuff. Just talking sports and uh, having a good conversation. You can't beat it.
0: Definitely, man. And you know what? Uh, I wanted you to come back specifically, you know, for this, just because of the fact that I think that you're of the mind and not overreacting. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people overreact. That's what we thought. That was the big topic last time. So I wanted, I wanted a good sports mind to come here and, and just talk some shop here, man. And I, I know we're going to, we're going to kill it right now. So I, I'm right. pumped yeah. to see, I'm pumped to see that, uh, real quick, Max, uh, where can uh, people find your show?
1: I appreciate it. So I try to make it as simple as possible. So my name is Max Van Auken. That's V-A-N, uh, space A-U-K-E-N is the last name. So if you type in Max Van Auken on Apple podcast, you type Max Van Auken, um, on Spotify, Stitcher radio, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, anywhere you type in my name youtube you can find my content my videos my posts my podcast the only thing that might it changes is the mvp.net my new website that's up now um kind of just putting everything out there that i'm doing sponsors and whatnot so but other than that you type in my name and everything will pop up
0: awesome man and it's a great show uh, you're killing it with the basketball content but you know and i know we're going to talk some nba here but before we get into the nba got to talk about the NFL right now to open Mm -hmm. it up like we did last time, man. You know, it's been a crazy NFL playoffs. The last six games have been decided by, you know, three points or less. You know, crazy, insane action that we've seen. Got to love it. It's it's the best time of year, but at the same time, the worst time of year if you're a football fan because you're pretty much nearing the end. That's it. No football for about a solid nine months. But regardless, let's enjoy the moment now. The Rams and the Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. Got the matchup here. Max, has there been anything that surprised you this past season here in the NFL playoffs?
1: Uh, I would say my biggest surprise to me um, is how good... I mean, granted, I know how good quarterback play is now, right? Of course. But what surprised me is the evolution of quarterbacks was on full display. To me, that's the story of this season. Um, So many new young quarterbacks. But normally, it takes a while, right? They have to take their... Their dues in the league. You have to pay those taxes. You have to get hit. You have to overcome dysfunction a lot of the times. But the impact, the way the game is played now, young quarterbacks have such a great impact on their team so early. I mean, we were just talking Mahomes and Josh Allen, the new evolution of quarterbacks. You look at Joe Burrow, who just beat Patrick Mahomes, is now in the Super Bowl with the Bengals. Like, just the and I mean, Kyler Murray had a great season. These young quarterbacks are so good so early to me, that was, like I said, not necessarily a surprise. I know how talented Mahomes and um, Allen were, but just how much success a lot of this new evolution, this new era of quarterbacks are having so early.
0: No, you know, and and that's a great one. You know, the, the game has definitely evolved, right? The NFL is changing. And I think it's also like, you know, with Joe Burrow, like he's going to the Super Bowl now. I think it's definitely bad news for some quarterbacks you know we've, we've referred it you know because of the fact that you have to produce right you have to produce right. and you know not every someone once told me you know not not everyone's Patrick Mahomes you know like that but people have to understand though that when you're getting hired for a job you're not getting hired you're getting hired to perform to the best that you can and to do great things for whatever company you're in you know when you're going following a career so Again, the expectation is you're going to be a quarterback and you're going to want to get paid, as we've seen some of these athletes do. But you got to produce. And it's very important, right? If you're not winning the Super Bowl, of course, you know, it's, it's a failure. Now, there's some teams like, you know, the Lions where, you know, if you win six, seven games, I think that's a success towards, you know, the, a rebuilding team. But the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, the Buffalo Bills, they came in with clear expectations. Do you want to get to the Super Bowl? Anything less than that. It's it's for nothing. I don't think the Chiefs are clapping that they made it to the AFC title game or that they made it to the final four. It's a Super Bowl. You know, those are the expectations. And I think like with with a guy like Joe Burrow, who man, shout out to him, man, in Cincinnati, possibly some one of the worst ownership groups there. You know, the cheapest owner. They don't even have an indoor facility to be able to practice in, and to go out there and overcome dysfunction. It's been very impressive. But at the same time, let's see what other quarterbacks can do because. I don't want to hear excuses. You know, I don't want to hear excuses. Like, um, I don't know if you paid a lot of attention to the new England Patriots, right. But people went crazy. Media went crazy for Mac Jones. You know, what did you, did you see anything from Mac Jones that gave you hope if you were a Patriots fan? I know you're not a Patriots fan, but did you see anything special?
1: No, no, he's not. He's not special. He doesn't pop to me. Um, He's not special to me. Um, Granted Bill Belichick's the best coach we've ever seen, but this showed you. So, you, what is Bill Belichick known for? Obviously, his coaching is ridiculous, but defense giving young quarterbacks problems. Yeah. So, you had bad weather, you had Bill Belichick, and Josh Allen still lit you up and destroyed yeah. you. If you don't have a special quarterback, you're in, you have a lot of issues. <laughs> you have a lot of issues. And Mac Jones isn't special. Um, a lot of my family's friend uh, like the Giants, right? Okay. New, uh, New York. And, um, Daniel Jones isn't special. And like you said, what this does is it shows those that aren't special. You're in trouble. Like you have to have a special type of quarterback, a guy who can get you those wins. And no, Daniel Jones wasn't like that to me. He's not special mm-hmm. to me. I think Green Bay knows um, they don't have a special backup quarterback. And that's why yeah. they're doing whatever it takes to get um, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron, in. Aaron to stay. Yeah.
0: No, I 100% agree with you. You know, the, the biggest thing is, and I only say like, I only reference Mac Jones because, you know, I grew up a New England Patriots fan. And the thing is, the media was going crazy, right? Oh, my God, look at these numbers. They look like Brady when he was starting in his first year. But I told people, here's the thing, like Mac and Dak, to me, are the same kind of quarterback. I think Mac can scramble, can scramble, can scramble better, right? More, uh-huh. there's more athleticism there. But when you look at their rookie seasons, Max, you know, they played, you know, they both finished, both teams the year before finished with a third or fourth place in their division. So they got a good schedule. Right, right. Mac walked in and Mac and Dak walked in to solid top five offensive lines. You know, Zeke Elliott, you know, albeit was a rookie, still finished in top five in rushing. So uh-huh. does Mac Jones's team right here. The defenses were comparable. I don't think the Pats had a solid defense just because of their running game was such a liability. But again, you can see the similarities there and you can see how they ran into a good win streak, right? So everyone was going crazy. But I tell people, it doesn't take long for you to see special it doesn't right you know i saw joe burrow play ut uh that was the first ever first game i ever saw him play three passes in i grabbed my phone i texted my buddy and i said that's it that's special kid's gonna make it can't take credit for him making the super bowl i didn't see that <laughs> happening but i thought he would work i thought that was that's special that's what you need to look for and that it factor right that it factor is something that you just don't see often man is there a player that you see that in right now that's not joe burrow
1: Oh, that's a really good question. To, to have that type of special, I think, obviously, Mahomes, Allen, we know. Yeah, Joe I think Joe that's Burrow fair. Now. Um, I, think Trevor Lawrence ha- I think Trevor Lawrence has that capability. I think I, so, too. I just, I just want to know Jacksonville is a hard place to overcome dysfunction. That is an incredibly hard place. Now, so is the Bengals. Yeah. But like so is Cincinnati. So he didn't have a good old line coming off an injury dysfunction, like you said, terrible ownership. You don't even have a practice facility. But I believe Trevor Lawrence has that. I think Kyler Murray's special. Um, but I think Trevor Lawrence could could display that that we haven't seen yet.
0: Yeah, and I think so too. I'm just very scared to see what they're gonna grab with coaching there. Mm-hmm. So that's just my scare for Trevor. But with Mac, here's the thing, right? I'm telling people today. I'm standing here telling everybody. I don't want to hear excuses for Mac Jones next year. I don't because the the biggest thing, you know, a lot of listeners are are New England Patriots fans here. And trust me, man, I didn't hear a peep from them towards the end of the season. (laughs) I didn't hear a peep from them. That's how it works. (laughs) Yeah. But here's the thing. I know that he was a rookie and I know you weren't going to, you were going to see his best game. A lot faster than a lot of these other quarterbacks but people were like oh he's the future mac jones but he's not going to win your super bowl you know i think next year is the biggest reason i'm not going to crush him for a rookie but next year you have a better coach you have a better coach than what you know joe burrow has you have when you if you get bill o'brien back you have a better offensive coordinator than what josh McDaniels is no offense to him good good i'm happy for him that he got the job there who knows what, uh-huh. he'll, do, what he'll do with the vegas with vegas but you're gonna have a better offensive coordinator. You have a better defense than Joe Burrow. You have a better offensive line than Joe Burrow. You got to produce, man. You got to produce. You agree, or disagree?
1: Oh, 100%. I agree. Now, here's the thing though. And this is what's going to answer all every all questions. Mag Jones is not Joe Burrow. And that's just the flat out truth and like Absolutely. you said. Now, with all of those things stacked in his favor and he still is not going to be the player as Joe Burrow. I'll say that now. He is he doesn't have that it he doesn't have that aura like you said. It doesn't take too much to see all that guy, he, he's different. He, he's special. Yeah. Uh, Mac Jones doesn't have that at least for my eyes. I know for but, your eyes as I well. He, yeah, he doesn't have that Joe Burrow effect whatsoever.
0: I wish you were, I wish you were there with me when uh, the other people <laughs> were telling me on those, on those Instagram live shows with Corey Mac. Good Lord. <laughs> I missed you, Matt uh, Max. Now, Moving on to this, Matthew Stafford, right? A great story. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm excited for the Super Bowl. A great story, right? Between Joe Burrow being that kid that grew up in Ohio, Matt Stafford leaving Detroit and going going over there to the Rams and now getting to a Super Bowl. They needed to get to the Super Bowl. That's why you made the move, man. How, you know, seeing Matt Stafford there, man, did you think he could pull this off? Because it shocked me a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you. It shocked me a little bit that he was able to get to the Super Bowl. Just because of the fact that I just I didn't know if he had it in him, man. Were you shocked? Did you know this could happen with him? What were your thoughts on the Rams finally getting there?
1: Um, I mean, I don't want to say I don't want to use the word shock. Now, I've never been the biggest Stafford guy, so yep. I'm not going to act like I, I think I think this guy's all bad. I think he's really talented quarterback, and he always yep. has been. Um, but certain players can't overcome dysfunction. They, they, they used to be like you said. These new quarterbacks now are like displaying and showcasing a new standard. Yeah. um that we're used to seeing but typically i mean andrew luck even though he had his success he had eventually had to retire early it's hard to yeah. overcome dysfunction we see it lebron in cleveland had to leave Granted, it's nba but he eventually left to go to miami because the dysfunction it's hard to overcome dysfunction yeah. and he constantly had that in detroit um but i loved what the rams did and going all in being aggressive we know jared goff's not going to do it we need mm-hmm. somebody that can that's more talented. And Stafford has an arm. Stafford's more talented. Granted, he makes plays that make you scratch your head every once in a while. Mm-hmm. But when he had a better coach, he had an aggressive franchise, well, well run, clearly want to win a championship, doing all the right things, being aggressive, going and spending the money, getting the people. You have Aaron Donald, you have OBJ now. Um, I think I had the Rams winning and I had the Chiefs winning. So obviously I was wrong with the Chiefs, but well, uh, I wasn't surprised seeing the Rams win. And I think it's such an amazing story for Matt Stafford to just keep your head down, keep working, keep going. And just goes to show you situation matters.
0: Now, you know, dynasties are hard. You know, mm-hmm. dynasties in sports is really hard. That's why, you know, I want to get into the whole I think media needs to over, to relax a little bit. Right. Two things. People are going crazy about the Cowboys and anyone like even I, I laugh at, you know, Stephen A. Right. Because he's like one of those ESPN personalities that, you know. Yep. I personally don't think he should have even been laughing about it because you saw guys like Stephen a who disliked the Cowboys, right? I know it's it's a gag, right? But even he had them top two, you know, in his rankings throughout the season. I never did. I always kept Dallas at number nine, number eight, because I just, I didn't see it. And I think weekly rankings are blown out of proportion. I really Mm -hmm. do just because there's just more criteria than just how they're doing every single week. Like again, Did we ever truly believe that Dallas was a top five team in the NFL? I never did. I never did. And then you saw what happened there. What was your take on this media overreaction with the Cowboys and obviously seeing how their season ended, which in my opinion, ended in a pretty funny fashion,
1: right? Whenever you have like the three teams that run American sports, the Yankees, Cowboys, Lakers. So whenever you have those three teams, they're going to be polarizing no matter what side of the fence you land on. Um, I remember I was on your podcast and we talked about, it. I wasn't sold on Dallas either. You weren't sold on Dallas. Nope. Uh, We talked about their schedule, who they played and how they acted when they played certain teams. So I wasn't, um, shocked whatsoever. In fact, you and I hit it right on the money, but it's what doesn't surprise me anymore. It took some getting used to, it took some just taking a step back and realizing how media works now. Yeah. And, and, and I get Dallas and I understand they're talked about, you got Jerry Jones and the, the star, the Cowboys star. So it doesn't surprise me anymore when I see how high they're evaluated, or like you said, the week to week, how much it fluctuates to how good a team is to how bad a team is. Um, the dramatization, like how just dramatic everything is every game. Uh, I remember calling up Rashad, my mentor. And I was like, you know, one of the hardest things I think you'd get for me to do on TV is like, what it's like, just overreacting on every single game. Like that's just not everything I say and everything I do, every analogy I come up with, I mean it. Like, I mean what I'm saying. I can't just all of a sudden act like the world is ending off of a loss and I can't act like you're Super Bowl bound off of one win. So, but he's like, that's just the name of the game. And I'm like, that's just not the type of show I want to be a part of. Like, I have to actually mean what I'm saying. And so many people just rally behind Dallas. Like you said, they can get so high on a high and so low on a low, but when you take a step back, and you look at it through a lens like you and I were looking at it through, it didn't shock us. It didn't shock us whatsoever when it, what happened, what happened.
0: Definitely. You know, one of my biggest goals and w- while we're, while we're doing this and we're, we talk sports is I don't want to overreact to headlines. If anything, you want to be entertaining, right? It's not always yeah. about right. Right. I've, I've had a few takes. Jesus. I thought Baker was going to be Joe Burrow, man, coming out coming <laughs> out of college. You know, that was the little, the fandom in me a little bit, you know, so I was a little there, and we, we were wrong. You know what happens? You know, I thought the Chiefs would win. So it's not always about being right. It's about giving people clarity. And I think that's, you know, I think that's something that both of us focus on. You want to give people clarity. You know, people have bad games, right? It's a matter of not overreacting. You know, I think we talked, we spoke about this, you know, the Chiefs, we thought they would be all right. They made it to the conference championship game. When people were even saying like, hey, you know, they're not going to make the playoffs. Look, I'm not about clickbait. Click like clickbait, and I don't you don't strike me as the guy that's that. No, it's about providing people clarity. I'm not here to try to make some crazy headline. We just want to tell people the honest truth when it comes to things. Calm down, relax. The Chiefs will be fine. And they were overtime rules. People were blowing this up. Guys, play better defense. The Bills had the number one statistical defense. You had the defense there on the field. Cold day where you play in Buffalo, cold area, you know. And you can't make a stop. It happens, man. It happens. You know, you don't overreact. Provide clarity. That's the biggest thing here. With that being said, you know, when people were talking about Mahomes as the greatest thing since sliced bread and we're a, they're going to be a dynasty, he's going to have three, four, five, six Super Bowls, vote him into the Hall of Fame like Nick Wright says. Let's relax. You realize that quarterbacks right now, it's really hard to win in the NFL. The only guy with multiple Super Bowl rings right now is Tom Brady. And he's probably going to retire, you know, so relax. It's really hard to win. Mahomes still has one ring. He is two and two in conference championship games. He's not invincible. Things happen in the NFL. Again, dynasties are hard to come by. What was your head at with all this talk about the Kansas City Chiefs being the next great thing?
1: Um, I think, well, OK, providing clarity is not a popular thing to do. Like I think the no. popular thing to do is clicks. So it yeah, doesn't right. surprise me anymore. When you see a generational talent in Mahomes, you see the way he, he plays like Steph Curry in the NBA. now that's what he does. He makes it look easy. Um, it looks different. It pops out on the screen. Entertaining. Yeah. It's entertaining. It, like you don't need to know football to know this guy is different. Like, so when you have a guy like that with an Andy Reid, young, one already won a championship, those expectations are going to mount. Um, I actually haven't even used this analogy yet but I'll say it on your show. I was at a magic game and my uh my friend Aaron, he brought up a really good point and I was like, I'm going to use this. And he said, "Okay, it almost feels like you know how Jack Nicholas won more than Tiger Woods, but Tiger Woods just looked different. It's like Tom Brady is going to win more, but can Mahomes reach that Tiger Woods level where He may not have win as much as Tom Brady when it's all said and done, but he made it look better. And I think that's what people are hoping for. Can he just continue to make it look better? And so when you have a guy like that and you have a generational talent like that, I understand the expectations. And I understand what people are wanting from that. But to your point, you can only name a handful of dynasties. It does not work like that. It doesn't just happen overnight. It doesn't happen um, every the stars have to line, you have to be a little bit lucky, you have to have granted, I think they have the best ingredients out of anyone out there to be a dynasty, but it doesn't mean it can just happen. It, especially in the NFL, it's so freaking hard to win in the NFL. It's not like you can just get yeah. a bunch of star players and make it work. It's not it's like cap. yeah, it's not. And so to your point, it's good to take a step back and let's see, let let things unfold before we can even have that discussion.
0: Absolutely. You know, luck has a lot to play in it, you know, for for the Chiefs, you know, they're well positioned, you know. There's luck, but there's whether it's, you know, Brady and Belichick separating right after while while these guys were getting started in Kansas City, whether right. it's the coin flip. I mean, realistically, had the Bills, you know, gotten the coin flip, right? They possibly could have been, they probably possibly could have advanced, you know, who knows, right? But there's a luck aspect there. And sometimes it's not always going to go your way, right? You know, you know it's, it's just not always going to go your way. So I always told people, relax, calm down it's really hard to do. The only guy that's been able to do it is Tom. And, you know, the only reason Tom does it is because he's just willing to take less money. In that's account. the most he underrated sees, thing. That's yeah, the most he sees the big picture. He sees the big picture, and people are going to talk about and say, well, you know, the, the wife, all these things. But here's the thing, Max, like we're in an era where that's much different than 20 years ago. Now, you know, these guys can make money different ways, you know? They get you have Instagram, Facebook, all these things. I was I clicked on someone's, you know, Instagram video here. I don't know who it was. And it's even has ads now to even watch a post on your screen. Skip ad in five seconds. Like, what the hell is this? There's more ways to make money out there. So that's just my my whole Brady thing and how winning is hard here with the salary cap. But let me shift to this Rams, Bengals. Who's your pick, man? I know it's a little early to decide here. Right. Don't don't blame me if you if you switch your pick when it gets closer to the game. But what are you feeling right now?
1: Uh, my gut's Rams. Same. My gut is Rams. I think they're just a better overall team, better roster, great coach, went all in, super aggressive, super physical. I'm going to go Rams. I, I would love to see Joe Burrow pulled off. I'm a Joe Burrow guy. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's easy to say everyone's a Joe Burrow guy at the moment, but I just I'm rooting for a good story. And he certainly is overcoming and having a tremendous story. Uh, but my gut instinct, it may change. But as of right now, my initial reaction is the Rams.
0: I think it's the Rams. I would swallow the points. They're uh, four four and a half. They're uh, four uh, point favorites right now. I'd still swallow the points, man. I just hope it's a good matchup. I like the Rams, man. I think, you know, the most yeah. incredible thing about Burrow is we know, we don't know. We know for a fact you have the quarterback in Cincinnati. We don't know if you have the coach. I don't, I think it's fair that, you know, the coach was six and six and 20 something, you know, before he got there. Right. And it's very easy to, to lose games when you don't have that quarterback. So I don't, I'm not sold on the coach yet. He right. made some calls yesterday that I was wanting to tear my hair out just because of the fact that he was just being so conservative right now. We don't know that. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens, but shout out to Joe Burrow right now, man, keeping people employed, finding ways to get it done. And man, Jamar chase is, is a special talent, man. So I'm very excited. I'm excited to, to see what they do here. Let me shift to this. Now the NBA, this is your territory right here. You are the man here. I love your takes here. I think you're doing an awesome job. So let me get your opinion on a few things here. First of all, last time we spoke, I said I wouldn't sell my Lakers stock yet. I don't, I, I still believe in the Lakers. I believe in LeBron. You are the same mindset that you weren't going to sell your stock yet here. Max, you're the basketball guy, man. Mm-hmm. Should we sell our Lakers stock now or should we still keep it?
1: The whole world would tell you to sell your Lakers stock. So I'm getting nervous. Like, yeah, you could either be like Bitcoin and um, you know next thing you know, you're a billionaire or um, you could just look a little foolish like myself. So I'm staying where I'm at. I have currently have a bet with Brandon Haywood about it and he thinks I'm a madman for it. Um, I'm sticking to it. When you have now granted, the odds are not in my favor. They're
0: not I i'm with that. you though on it i'm yeah, with you
1: they're not a good team i've seen them up close in person I, i've interviewed lebron i had the opportunity to do that and i'm not placing this bet on the on the faith of a carmelo anthony and a malik monk i'm placing this bet and my buying this stock because i have in my opinion the greatest player of all time who's still playing at an unbelievable level and i'm yeah. playing with a guy as if healthy is a healthy ad If I can get LeBron James and a healthy AD, we've yet to see them lose when healthy together. Now, people are like, well, no, we've seen them lose. No, we didn't because last postseason, LeBron was injured. AD got injured. The last time we've seen both of them healthy together in the postseason, they won an NBA championship. Granted, that roster had a much better chemistry fit. They they were a little bit better defensively. There's issues, and it, it is concerning. I'm definitely more concerned about them than the last time I spoke with you. Um, but I'm interested to see what can happen at the trading deadline. All-star breaks coming up. There's only so much they can do. I'm not expecting any blockbuster moves, but if you can make some minor tweaks, get some wing defenders, get a little bit of youth in there. And if healthy, um, I still think they have a chance. So I'm either going to go get super rich or I'm going to go dead broke. So we'll see, but I'm going to stay where I'm at.
0: I want to be obnoxious guy at the bar you know, giving you, okay. telling you a dumb <laughs> question here, but Max, all they have to do is trade away. Russell Westbrook. What do you have to right. say to that?
1: Um, for who? <laughs> That's what I would say. What, what, what's the <laughs> yeah, what,
0: Absolutely.
1: What, what's the market like? Cause Westbrook is expensive and the older you are as a player, well, typically the older you are as a person, you typically are who you are. Yeah. Um, Westbrook's not changing anytime soon. Uh, he's turnover prone. He can't shoot very well from the field. He can't hit his free throws anymore he there's very few teams that really want to inherit that when it's also an option to opt out of the contract at the end of the year. Yeah. It just doesn't make a lot of sense for a lot of teams to take that upon um, So I just don't think there's a market for him. I think if they could, they would, but I just don't think there's a market where it makes sense.
0: Yeah now with you know with me, give me a healthy LeBron and I'll still gonna bet. even ad, I'm crazy man, but I don't care about I fine it's I, I want him to be healthy. But give yep. me a healthy LeBron, and I just trust that he's going to make it work come playoff time.
1: Now, and here's the thing, though. I will. There's two things I would say to this.
0: Okay.
1: Year 19, we can't. he's not going to be able to withhold a, a whole game like he used to. He has to pick and choose his moments. So AD's health is going to be essential for them to win a championship. They okay. need AD to be healthy. Because if we get a healthy, aggressive AD, this whole discussion is different. Because okay. when he's healthy and when he's aggressive, when he was in the bubble, he's a top five player in the world. He hasn't been AD in the bubble since the bubble. We haven't seen that. If he's able to stay healthy, he understands the regular season to make sure my body's okay for when it matters. That's where I'm hold. like I'm just praying that's what happens. But the other positive thing I could say about Russell Westbrook is we have a very small sample size of when those three play together. Okay. And, and within that small sample size – there's been, a, there's been some bright areas. The Boston Celtics game is the first one that comes to mind. It's a regular season game. I get it. But yeah. all three of them played. All three of them were healthy, and they were phenomenal. So there are opportunities where that can happen. We just haven't seen them play together because either LeBron has taken a game off, AD had his injury, Russell Westbrook may take a game. We haven't seen that. So there's still optimism. It's not like Westbrook's worthless here. Yeah. We just have to see them healthy.
0: Is there growing up to, are you – I know you can't predict these kind of things, right? But, mm-hmm. man, is there a possibility that we get a healthy enough AD, though, right now still? Because, I mean, what what are we, three months away from the playoffs?
1: Yeah, I, I would say we will. Um, it's just he's so injury-prone. It's yeah. like he you hold your breath every time he plays. its He could shoot a jump shot and somehow he's falling. And it's like, God, and he gets up and he, like, makes a grimace. But then he plays – it's like he just needs to – be healthy and take – and I think he comes into the offseason out of shape, and I think that's pissing LeBron off because yeah. we know how serious a LeBron and a Tom Brady take the offseason and how much it, it requires them to be great. That's why LeBron has aged so well. I don't think AD loves basketball like that. I think he's great, but yeah. I don't think he loves it. And now I could be completely wrong, but history shows when you have the whole world criticizing you and everyone saying the same thing and somehow you still – are a little out of shape. I don't know the man's offseason. I don't know his personal life, so I'm not acting like I know everything. But just yeah. from what I do know, I think he's incredibly talented. But I don't know if he loves it the way the all-time greats loved it.
0: Yeah. Well, he oh, he's injury prone, so I'm very curious. But again, I'm still again I don't have that basketball mind that you do. But I'm still betting on LeBron, man. I <laughs> I just need a healthy LeBron James, man. Everything. If I'm wrong, then he can tell me where I'm where where I was wrong yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, but yeah. I'm still taking LeBron James. I'm still not selling my stock. I'm with you. If 80's healthy, I'll still take that. I like it. Boston. Man, Boston irritates me a little bit. You know, Jason Tatum. I think uh, I was was a fan of the guy. Saw him in the bubble, though. I didn't like how he performed in that Eastern Conference game against Miami. That's where my eyebrows started raising. And I was like, "Uh, I don't know about this guy. Is he as great? We talk about the media overplaying things, right? Mm -hmm. Is this guy as great as the media is saying? I don't know. I'm nervous here. then after that, the seasons haven't been, haven't been, you know, that great following that as far as, you know, the team as a whole, then Jalen Brown, you know, Jalen, Jalen Brown's there. Am I crazy enough to just say Boston trade one of those guys and try to find a different solution? What's going on with the Celtics? What do you think they need to do?
1: You're not crazy. Uh, What we just talked about with Joe
0: Burrow, how you were just
1: sitting on the couch and it just popped and you texted your yeah. friend like, yeah, he has it. Yeah. If we're still not really sure if he has it, then it probably means he doesn't have it. You could be incredibly talented and not have it. Yeah. Like, I don't think he should be your number one option on a championship team. I really okay. don't. I think, it's, I think it's in time to start considering moving some pieces. I'm not saying trade him, but Jalen Brown, is, I love Jalen Brown's game, but you may want to start exploring what's going on here. Because something's not fitting, something's not working. Uh, John Morant this season, he has it. It it didn't take long. Didn't take long.
0: Saw it in college.
1: Jokic has it. Like it doesn't take long to see when someone has it. So if we constantly are wondering if he has it, can it work? Truth is, it probably doesn't, and he may not have it. He's just a great player. So he's a number one. I don't think he's a number one. I think Jason Tatum has the ability to be a number one. AD has the ability to be a number one, but they're not number ones. There's more that comes with it than having the talent. It's the mindset. It's how you lead the people. It's how you bring people together. And I haven't seen that from both of them. Doesn't, I'm not knocking them. They're amazing. they yeah. just not it. Yeah. They're not it. Especially for me now. I'm not a conservative person. Like I'm very be aggressive wins. Look at the Rams. Go, yeah, go 100%. get a hundred percent. Go get um, Matt Stafford, trade Jared Goff. I'm like that now a lot of people would be a little conservative and say but Max they're the, one of two of the best young duos in the league like Perkins thinks they're the uh and I love Perk to death but he was like that's the best young duo in the league at times I'm aggressive I don't think it works I would bail and I would try to see what you can get that's just me so if I were Boston I would be aggressive um and mikhail has been very um not McHale Danny Ainge Uh, but very conservative at times. And you missed out on opportunities. What happened with the Kyrie Irving situation, what happened with the Isaiah Thomas situation. They're never aggressive. I think it's time to be aggressive and see what you can get.
0: No, a hundred percent. You know, the, the, the biggest thing with me is I'm, I'm the same mindset. You know, I think you give things two to three years. I mean, if you really want to be patient about it and people will tell me that's insane. Right. You know, I'm upset with, with Presti. I was an Oklahoma guy, Oklahoma city thunder, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm losing my patience with Sam Presti, right? But looking at this from an unbiased standpoint here, again, I'm more of a, give me two, three years where if it doesn't work, move off. I think Giannis, you know, as crazy as it seems, look, I'll be fair. I mean, I'll be honest with you. What I thought was I didn't really care about Giannis after that. You know, I was getting really impatient. I'm not a patient person when it comes to these things. Two, three years, it doesn't work, change things around. Someone once told me, and it's it's silly, but it's to me, it's a truth. You know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome. Albert Einstein. Was, yeah. So I think that, you know, with Boston, I think this you're starting to go a little insane here because Tatum, again, I told because to me, a, a superstar, right? Steph Curry is a superstar. Yep. Kevin Durant's a superstar. Yeah, LeBron James is a superstar. Now, depending right. on how people have tears, but to me, a superstar is the elite, the best of the best. And I said this, you know, about you know a couple months ago. I don't think Tatum's a superstar. No, I think he's a star. I think he's a star, but I don't think he's a superstar. And they called me crazy for that. They said I'm insane. I don't know basketball, but I was telling people, like, I mean, you're not getting the wins. I could give two craps if you're putting up numbers, but if you're not winning. You know, again, you're, you're in the business where you're getting judged by wins and championships. That's one of the biggest criteria to grading just how great you really are. Right. I don't think he's a superstar, man. So, I mean, are you around the, the same mindset then? A hundred percent. He's a
1: star, not yeah. a superstar. There's only a handful of superstars in this league. Um, and he, he's not a superstar. He's a star. He's incredibly talented. Yeah. Um, love watching him play. But yeah, he's not a superstar. And it's not like... Oh, but he's had no help. Jalen Brown is a hell of a player. Like, he yeah. can play, and he can score. He can defend. You have people. Marcus Smart, um, defense, can shoot. You've had people. And he, to me, is not a – like you said, LeBron, Curry, Durant, Giannis. Like, Jokic. Now, Jokic doesn't have the a sexy game to be, quote-unquote, a superstar, but he's a superstar. Yeah. So – Those are your superstars. These guys are stars. John Morant's entering superstar status, but
0: he's about to, he's about to break through. Yeah. yeah,
1: I just need to see more because it's still early, but Jason Tatum's not a superstar and it's time. I'm not saying move off of him, but it's time to look at what you can do. You need to explore the market and you need to be aggressive.
0: Yeah. And I, I think, I think you need to start doing things to change because I think Boston, man, they're driving people insane. I wonder how long they can keep this going. Ben Simmons, big topic, right, with the 76ers. Uh-huh. We haven't seen him get moved yet. Max, what, what, do you, what do you think it happens here with this situation? How do you think it's been handled? Give me your opinion on that.
1: Uh, the whole thing is just honestly wild. Um, at first, it was like, oh, he's not playing. He's not mentally not ready. His back's a little tweaked. Now there's just, just yeah. there's nothing. Like, we just know he's not going to play. Like, <laughs> we, <just> all, <laughs> we all just know. There's not even reports anymore on why he's not. He's just not playing. He's just getting fined. Um, I said in the beginning of the season – buy Ben Simmons stock now while it's low. Mm -hmm. And I thought we would at least see him play. Um, So obviously that take looks like a bad take at the moment because we haven't seen the guy play. So (laughs) yeah. So my gosh, I thought he'd at least play a couple games, but when he does play situations going to matter, we're going to see how good he really is again. Now, I think he's an exceptional talent. He, who has flaws. He's not a superstar. He he could be a star. Um, You can't teach six ten. You can't teach a guy who could pass like that and defend like that. He can't shoot and he has some problems in that area as far as his attitude towards it. That concerns me. Absolutely. But this whole situation has been a mess. I know what Daryl Morey's doing. He wants to make sure he wins. Um, He wants James Harden and James Harden doesn't look like he's happy in Brooklyn. He looks frustrated in Brooklyn. A championship can change a lot of things. So we'll see, but if they're able to maneuver to the point where James Harden is paired with Joel Embiid and you get Ben Simmons in Brooklyn, Ben Simmons fits what Brooklyn would need. So you have two guys who score the ball and who can shoot Kyrie Irving and KD. You need somebody who plays defense and loves passing the ball to those guys. And that's exactly what Ben Simmons does
0: where he doesn't have to shoot.
1: Exactly. Now, if you're seeing Ben Simmons winning, like you said, it's all about winning and you see him next to a superstar and you see next to a Kyrie Irving and they're just winning a bunch of basketball games and it fits. We're having a whole completely different conversation about Ben Simmons kind of talking about, the narratives and how things are. So everyone can't stand Ben Simmons at the moment, but everything is going to flip if he's in a different situation. So currently at the moment, it's chaotic and it's wild, but I feel if he's given the right circumstance and the right situation, we can be reminded on how valuable he can be.
0: Now, do you think, so moving off that now here, going into the NBA finals, you know, as the seasons progress, we're about what, three months from the playoffs around there. right? Fair. Mm -hmm. So who is a team to keep an eye out for? that is maybe isn't making headlines right now? Who do you think, or is it just a matter of who's in the top three per per conference right now that people should be paying attention to?
1: That's a good question. Um, that's a really good question. Now, I would say Memphis, but the thing with Memphis is they're talked about now because of how explosive Jaw has been. Yeah. Uh, I think because they're a third seed.
0: Yeah, they're right another third seed. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they're a third seed, so I don't know if that's necessarily a surprise. We always talk about the Lakers, even though they're an eighth seed. Um, The East, I think, is going to be super interesting because the Heat are the number one seed, and they haven't all played healthy, and they're not talked about. So it's pretty wild. The number one seed's not talked about. You think of Brooklyn, you think of Giannis, the defending champion. The Bulls have been a lot of fun to watch. We're talking about how chaotic Philly can be, Um, but we're not really talking about the Miami Heat. And I feel like the Miami Heat have, granted, I know they're a one seed, so it may not be a bold take, but... A team that's not talked about who can make a lot of noise are them and the Bulls, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. they match up defensively with Brooklyn. They have the veteran championship pedigree with the Miami Heat, and they have enough bucket getters. So they may not have the superstar of a Kevin Durant, of a Giannis, of a Joel Embiid, but Jimmy Butler can get you a bucket. Kyle Lowry's won a championship. Bam Adebayo is a great versatile big who can move his feet and guard the paint. Um, but PJ Tucker is a veteran who may not average a lot of points. He may not have a sexy game, but we all remember how much he agitated Kevin Durant come that postseason. Yeah. So having an agreed, experience, like, yeah, having a roster full of just tough, gritty guys who buy in and get it, the Miami Heat is going to be one of those teams for me. And the West, like I said, I think um, – I really think – the I still am buying stock, and I'm holding it with the Lakers, and I really think uh, John Morant has a great opportunity to make some noise this postseason. I think this is going to be one of his moments right here.
0: How are you evaluating Golden State right now? Because I know that a lot of people were surprised at the beginning, right? They're mm-hmm. playing really good. Then mm-hmm. without Clay, Clay comes back now. Healthy Clay, right? Looks like it's going to be good. How are you evaluating Golden State? I mean, you think NBA finals is a possibility for them, top oh, two yeah. at least? Yeah, you absolutely. Mean, it's not uh, just a heat of the moment right now where regular season champs right now. You think this is going to stick right now?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Because this is a franchise people forget pre Kevin Durant. They built organically like they're yeah. well run. They're smart. They drafted Steph. They drafted Kay, uh, Clay. They drafted Draymond Green. So you have a really well run franchise. Great coach and Steve Kerr superstar and Steph Curry with another, the best shooter in the league besides Steph Curry's Clay Thompson um, Andrew Wiggins became an all-star. I interviewed him 3 years ago and said he's going to improve and people like Andrew Wiggins isn't going to improve. I said it's just situation. Name people that really succeed in Minnesota. You can't do it. So <laughs> they have a roster that's built for this league and they have a roster that has a superstar. With, they check all the boxes for a championship team. You'd want a superstar, you'd want a clear number 2, you'd want a number 3 that Harrison Barnes was their number 3. That's Andrew Wiggins is more vertical. You want a good coach and you need to be well run. You have to have championship experience. They check all those boxes, and yet they develop their young guys. So they're not just all yeah. a bunch of old veterans. Jordan Poole, um, Gary Payton Jr., like they have young – James Wiseman, who we still haven't seen come back healthy. So you have young guys, mixed with championship guys, mixed with the superstar, great coach, well run. That, that sounds like the legitimate team. Now, the- with a shooting team, you're going to have slumps. So one month we're going to talk about how they can't miss, Steph just hit 11 threes. The other month, okay, that's a little rocky. But come playoff time, I know what I'm getting with those guys, and they are more than viable contenders to win the whole thing.
0: Man, I'm I'm looking forward to it, man. Basketball season, you know, as we're nearing the end towards you know football season, basketball season is here to yep. pick things up, man. So I'm very excited, I'm very excited to get going through there, man. You know, I'm 36 and four on my last 40 for uh, picking picking uh, basketball games, man. So that's
1: impressive. Uh, hopefully,
0: hopefully we can keep keep the streak going here, but. I like Golden State too. It's hard to bet against. It's one of those players, man. Steph Curry's special. That's special. Special. That That's that you can't say enough good things about him. I'm happy to see Clay Thompson back, man. Yeah. I'm very happy. Awesome. It, it's, it's a great story. Now, let me shift to this UFC, MMA. We talk, I mentioned about betting here. Cyril Gunn and Francis Gano was a very interesting fight here because, mm-hmm. you know, I like to play the odds a lot and overvalue by people is one of the biggest things we played on here on the show, right? Overreactions. So yep. leading up to the fight, Cyril gone, Cyril gone, Cyril gone. Everyone was on the boat. Cyril gone, Cyril gone. Vegas was putting Francis Gano as an underdog. How could you not take that? Right. Took that in a heartbeat just because I think having a guy like Francis Gano that can knock you out at any time and have him be the underdog in a fight. Why would you not? So, right. I thought Francis Nagano was going to, was going to win the fight. I thought it was smart money. He won, but I was very shocked at how he won. I'm sure a lot of people, I, no one, no, most people would have not, would, wouldn't have guessed it. What did you think? Did you, were you able to catch the fights here? I mean, what, who did you pick winning this fight and were you right on that?
1: Uh, I picked Francis Nagano, So I was right. And I think you and I see the game of sports very similarly. Um, yeah. I was in the middle of covering a game, I believe. So I didn't get to like sit down and study it. But I remember watching as much as I could, following yeah. up, obviously, after the fight. But there's nothing like watching it live like in of the course. moment. But, um, yeah, I don't think anyone would have guessed somebody winning that way, especially two heavy hitters like that and him wrestling. It almost looks like he uh, learned something from the Stipe fight. That's what it looked like to me. Yeah. Um, it's just what's honestly the most interesting thing to me is what's happening post-fight. With Nagano, because you have somebody who can be, we talk about superstars, right? Yeah. And it's like, UFC is a star-driven sport. Now, granted, they always get replaced, right? You're going to eventually lose unless it's a fluke like Habib and you retire. You or yeah. George St. Pierre where you go out on top, even though he lost. But um, my point is, like, you're going to keep replenishing stars. But when you do have that star, you have to maximize that. A Ronda Rousey, a Connor, a Chuck Liddell, a GSP, and Anderson Silva, Francis Nakano has star written all over him. You have a whole country behind him and a tremendous story, a physical specimen, the the heaviest hitter you've ever seen, um, literally broke the record at the Performance Institute. But yet it's like, there's just this weird confrontation with him and Dana. And I get it. The whole money situation that's been getting talked about more than ever with Jake Paul bringing it up. But it's like, he's not embraced. And it's just the weirdest story for me because it's like a no brainer to embrace this guy. But it's almost like, there may be something that that's happening that I don't know, but from what I've read and what I see, I'm not understanding why this isn't being embraced more.
0: No, you know, it's funny. I, uh, <laughs> I was thinking to myself, you know, we're smart people, right. You've got to look at the yeah. obvious things, right. You know, I think one of the best journalists, sports talk people is a uh, calling coward. Right. And he always Love gives him. this gives this analogy where <laughs> I laugh and he says, you know, you're with a girl and you're with her every single night. And then her ex comes into town and she doesn't talk to you. There's like, you know, read between the lines, right? Maybe wasn't being very faithful. Who knows, right? That's one of my favorite ones that he uses. But my thing is Dana not giving the belt to Engano, right? Him saying he had other things going on. I understand. Busy guy, 40 mil in the bank, 40 billion in the bank What for? for all I know busy guy but he said that he had something pop up there i mean it just seemed pretty coincidental that's the only that, one he's
1: missed too right yeah <laughs> that
0: was the fight you missed so going back i always i, th- I think of this colin Goward analogy where i'm just like oh okay there's obviously more to that story yeah. right what he's gonna do admit it admit it he's not gonna admit it you know if mm-hmm. i were him though and that was the route he wanted to take i wouldn't have put the the belt on Davison. I would have just left or just not done it because it's amazing how much attention this is getting. Yeah. You know, there's some truth to it and I agree, but I think the UFC and I think Conor has been great for the sport. A lot more great, a lot more great than negative. But I think the negative part with Conor comes to the point where I don't think the UFC wants to have another guy like Conor control them. Cause Conor can control Conor McGregor controls. For the most part, who's he gonna fight? You could yeah. if if Charles Oliveira takes uh takes care of business against Justin Gaethje, it's gonna be a tough one. But if he does, and Connor wants the title shot, are you really gonna be surprised if he gets the title shot?
1: Not at all.
0: After what we've seen, even even after everything we've seen, that's how much power this man has. So I think even though Connor has done million more good things for the UFC and brought in revenue and you know put the eyes on this sports and obviously he crashes paper crushes pay-per-view sales i think there's some negativity max with the conor mcgregor effect where I, th- I don't think the ufc wants to allow another guy to get this much power over them you agree disagree what are you thinking
1: i 100 percent agree with that but the thing is i don't know if francis even wants that power i just think he wants to get paid more it's yeah. like it's like it's like it's not like he's losing these fights or he's demanding to let him go box like he just is upset with his pay. And so it's all even, he got. And he doesn't have the personality of Conor where you have to be worried about this guy acting a fool or just... Throwing dollies. Yeah, it's, so, it's like you have a guy who's your heavyweight champion and heavyweights are always regarded in a different light. Like we think of the Ali's, the Tysons, Randy Couture as a heavyweight, when Brock's it, like it just has a special aura to it. And, yeah. and then our Francis Ngannou fits that perfectly and it, he's not even asking to, to run the company. He's asking to get paid more. And so it's like, I agree with your take, but is that I don't even think he's trying to control the company. He just wants to get his pay.
0: I do, but you see, and here's the other thing: the UFC smart though. The UFC Smart. Uh, I don't know how much of a like hard. I'm a hardcore, you know, I'm MMA. Most of the content here is yeah. MMA. But so I'm always looking at these cards, right? So this card wasn't the greatest card either. So I think, you know, and obviously it gave me, you know, reason to think now. You know, the UFC is trying to sabotage this guy because of, in, the, in the sense of he's not getting these pay-per-view sales. Look at the card. Look at so the last was, few cards. This was kind to of this
1: showcase, one. hey, let's see if you can put a pay-per-view on your back. Let's see if you really are a big draw. Yeah. With stacked card, we're going to just see if you can bring the numbers in.
0: Yeah. So that's the other little conspiracy thing I had. Now, I was of the, of the mindset where I was thinking, man, what if Francis just threw the fight to get himself out of his contract? Right. Small little thing. But obviously that didn't happen because of the fact that you know I can't believe it wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna help him in negotiations. So I quickly thought threw that out there. I heard rumors that he was hurt. I heard rumors that he was hurt. Yeah. So I so it was a good thing that he won because now he's still under contract for a year and now he can just get a surgery there. But it's kind of crazy, man, how the UFC is so hell bent on not wanting to pay this guy. Where again, like you said, let's see if he can carry a pay per view. It's just such bad timing.
1: Like, and they raised the prices too.
0: It was the first one yeah. where they raised the prices too. Yeah. And
1: Jake, what's going on, Jake Paul, you can say whatever you want about this guy, but he's turned himself in a hero in a sense. I like this he, guy. I like him. Yeah. He's fighting for fighter pay in a sport that he doesn't even take part in. And he's getting attention and reaction out of the president of that sport. So what he's doing <laughs> is working. And so he's talking about fighter pay. And right when he's making a music video talking about fighter pay, having Chris Cyborg in the music video, he has the heavyweight champion of the world arguing with the president of the UFC because he's not getting paid. Like, that's just a perfect sequence of events for Jake Paul.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I like Jake a lot, man. I, I, I take him serious as a boxer. I, I yeah. do. I, I do. I, you know, I think that Tommy Fury, I don't know, you know who Tommy Fury is.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tyson's younger brother. A,
0: a joke. Just a joke. Joke of a boxer, man. That that guy, I I just is a weasel to me, man. I I, not a huge Tommy Fury fan here because a lot of people want to criticize Jake. When you look at Tommy Fury, look at the people he's fought. I don't know if you've gotten a chance to ever look at that. Yeah, it's
1: just a bunch of like people who've
0: lost. A, a guy fight. that was ten and hundred and ten. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, give Tommy Fury some crap. Don't give Jake some crap. I mean, jake's trying right. whether he really cares or not, who knows, right? Whether he's doing it to obviously stay current, it looks like he cares. You know, and the guy's an attraction. I mean, don't knock a guy for trying to make some money. He's making money. He's yeah. been able to position, position himself well. So, and don't mind, Jake. Going into the next one here, UFC 271, Robert Whitaker, Izzy. This is the, maybe the last one we go over here, man. What are you thinking here? Izzy, Whitaker. It's going to be a different – it's going to be a hard-fought matchup here. It's a rematch. I think we're going to get a different Rob here. I'm going with
1: Izzy. Um, it's tough to bet against Izzy, man. Yeah, I, I think – we will get a different fight. It's a rematch. So you'd hope you get a different approach. Um, I just think Izzy's different. I think he has the it to him. Um, I'm not saying I was very hesitant because I lived through the Anderson Silva era. And so I remember like if you're a UFC fan now and you look at the record books and you look at it like, oh, wow, he, he had a good run. But when you lived it, you're like, wow, like this guy literally looked unbeatable. Like people couldn't touch him. Like he made it look easy and scary like he yeah. was the goat at one point in time just the way he ended his career didn't obviously help that case but i never said Izzy was the next anderson silva i see the the reason and how he moves and is striking but i don't think he'll have the success that anderson silva had but i think he's also fought tougher people yeah. all that being said he has it and so it's really hard to bet against the it even though anything can happen of course Robert's yeah. an amazing fighter i'm not betting against the it
0: man it's a tough one man i i <sighs> And I can't bet against Izzy, though. That's the thing. Some nope. of those things where you just can't. You can't. You know, you know, I do want to get, sorry, I want to get your opinion on one more. Colby versus Mosvidal. I like Colby a lot. I think he wins this one. I, I don't understand. Take take some money on Colby, I think. What do you think?
1: I told you Usman was going to beat Colby last time. We yeah, 12, I, I tried. I'm telling, I telling you, I fight.
0: tried. I tried, <laughs> man. I tried to fight that so bad here, man. I Man, Colby, though. I like Colby a lot, man. Call me a little biased. I was a little biased. I like Colby.
1: I um, the fighters yeah, that, that being said, I'm I'm Kobe with this one as well. And it, I think this is a career ending type of fight for Masvidal. Not to you the think point, so where too? like,
0: yeah, I yeah, don't I mean, know, man.
1: What I mean, I think he may fight a couple things for for money purposes him and Nate, or like a Connor, or who knows what Jake Paul, like whatnot, Blockbuster, but,
0: like Blockbuster, you mean. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But I think as far as taking him as a serious title contender, I never thought he would. Uh, let me. I, I know.
0: I never thought he was either. I never. Yeah, yeah. If I you're going think- to say that. I never thought so either. Right. right, right I never right. thought so either. Never
1: really took him as a serious title contender. Me neither. Great talent. So I think he had a great year. Not a serious title contender. No. Um. He just a huge draw. Great explosive power. Power to um, him. You know, Money. <laughs> I think he's. Yeah. I think this is the type of fight where that ends any type of um direction of him seeking a title.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you 100. So yeah. So don't. I'm telling you right now. I, I thought the same thing. <laughs> I thought the same thing, man. And I'm telling you, man, we're getting people the clarity here. I I never saw him as a serious contender. Shout out to him, though. He's managed to make a really good amount of money. He is a pay-per-view draw. Yep. Whether that changes after this Colby fight, we'll see. But he's a pay-per-view draw. And I think that he'll have options. A Connor fight's always interesting. Him against Jake. I think people would pay a lot of money if they box that.
1: if they box, Jake is going to knock him out in boxing.
0: I think so too. Yeah, I think so 100%. too.
1: If they if they box, they yes, won't. I, th- I don't think it will happen. But if they do box, I think so obviously too. not MMA. MMA is a different story. Jake Paul yeah. would get yeah. Yeah. in MMA. Boxing, Jake Paul would beat Jorge Masvidal.
0: I think so too. I hundred percent agree. Agree. Hundred percent. Max, you've been awesome, man. Is there anything you want to let the audience know before we sign out? Uh, keep doing
1: what you're doing. I appreciate you having me on the show once again. You know, um, I do think we see the game. Oh, not even just the game. I think we look at a variety of sports in a very similar way. So it's always fun talking uh, with you coming on your show and just talking sports. I love that we can jump from sport to sport to sport. A lot of people that I um, do podcasts with don't always follow the UFC. If I do have someone for the UFC, they may not follow the NBA. So like, it's mm-hmm. cool to be able to have that, that balance with you. So I appreciate you having me on and, and giving me the platform to do that with you.
0: Awesome. And again, uh, Max, just for the audience, man, where can they Hear your basketball stuff, your sports talk, man. Your show. How can uh, how can people listen to it?
1: Type in Max Van Auken on any podcast platform. Um, that's V A N space A U K E N. YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Apple Podcast, Spotify. Um, you name it, you can find all of my content there. Whether it's on the radio covering the Magic, um, I try to go as many UFC events as possible. I only I did the Jacksonville one because that's when the pandemic was not a good thing. Don't get it twisted, but the UFC yeah. obviously migrated to Florida when that happened. Yeah. So it was right in my backyard that worked now they're w- worldwide again. So it's a lot harder for me to cover the sport, but I'm trying to get more into UFC coverage. Um, but that being said, everywhere you go, type in Max Van Auken and everything will pop up.
0: Awesome. Well, Max, it's been a pleasure to have you on here to all the audience. Thank you for listening. I'll catch you later guys. Goodbye.